Welcome to the So Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. And welcome back to the So Lux Life Podcast. Thank you for being here and for joining me. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Tamika Newhouse. From teen mom to CEO by the age of 20, Tamika Newhouse, the author of 16 novels, has landed on numerous bestsellers lists and is the winner of eight African-American literary awards. Only nine months after debuting her first novel in 2009, she landed a major publishing contract with an agent and went on to become the CEO of Delphine Publications. Today, to date, she has published nearly 200 titles, launched the careers of hundreds of writers, and produced the only entertainment award show for writers called the AAMBC Literary Awards. In 2019, she will serve as co-producer and writer on the biopic for legendary hip-hop group 8-Ball and MJG, Coming Out Hard. With more books and films in the works, Tamika presently tours the country curating literary and fuse events to heighten the awareness of literacy and the publicizing of our stories. So we're going to welcome Tamika. How are you? Oh, boy, that, that bio makes me sound real important. Girl, after that, it's... I. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. So just kind of give us a background of really like who Tamika is, who you are, where you grew up, just a little background information about you. Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm naturally just a, a, an introverted girl from Texas, grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. I've been living in um, uh, Atlanta now for the past seven years. Always dreamed of being this this writer living in Atlanta from as, as early as twelve years old, um, and you know, being a writer was just something, just who I am, and I wanted to kind of pursue that and outlive that and let that be my existence. So, um, along with pursuing my dreams like obsessively, like that's all I ever think about is just my goals and dreams. I'm also a mother. Um, I have two children. Um, and then um, I try to be the best friend and confidant and all that that I could be to my close circle of people. So that's just me in a nutshell. Wow, I love it. So you are a mom. I'm a mom too. I have a boy and a girl. What do you have? I have a boy and a girl. My 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 daughter should be seventeen. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, yep. you're grown up there, girl. Like they can take care of themselves. <laughs> oh yeah, I have grown children. Like my son is twelve. Um. He just told me just yesterday that for his 13th, because he's a teenager, like just a new transition in his life, he wants to jump out of a plane. And he's like me, like he's like extremely risky like me. So when he said that, because I like to, you know, own up to what I practice and stuff, like I knew that now I have to jump out of this damn plane. So, ah. So now I'm just trying to get, I got nine months to prepare for that. So, yes, I have a 12-year-old and a 17-year-old. That's so exciting. <laughs> and I know you mentioned, like, you went from teen mom to CEO. What was being a teen mom like? Because, you know, there are so many statistics. People kind of look down on you or try to make you feel bad for being a mom at such a young age. Did you have to deal with anything like that? To be honest, no, nah, because I've I've never been the one to 
congregate with a lot of different people. There's not a lot of people that's in my business. I don't um, <laughs> technically be a lot, around a lot of people. I've always kind of just been off to myself, which is why people were shocked when I did become a teen mother. Um, but I, you know, I fell in love with a boy, you know, and things mm-hmm. happen. And, and that experience for me was, was I ashamed somewhat, but did it really alter my, my path, my journey, my thought process? Nah, like I was even able to graduate a whole year earlier, but for, for the circumstances financially for my family, like I stayed in school and we were able to, my mother was able to keep her, her, um, what she called her state issued government check for me because she was sick. She wasn't able to work. So as long as I was a child, you know, we was going to get some income. So, so I even did that along with having a full-time job, able to still, you know, purchase a car two months out of high school with with being having a child, you know, being like responsible. I just went with what life threw my way. And I've always just been the one where, even if people talk, I mean, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I feel like so many mothers experience like going through things where of course people are going to talk, you know, people have this whole, yeah. like, you know, you need to be married before you have kids, this, this, and that. But, um, what advice would you give to someone that may be dealing with that? Cause I had my daughter, I got pregnant with her, my senior year of college and I'll be honest with you, I even thought about like having an abortion because I didn't really want to go through right. that. But I told my mom I was pregnant and she was like, no, you are not having an abortion. You're going to finish school. <laughs> You're going to, you know, live your life. Like this isn't going to hinder you or set you back. So what would you say to a mom that's kind of dealing with that struggle? Honestly, what's crazy is, it seems like people forget that we're human. We're not supposed to make mistakes if life is supposed to be this perfect journey. Yeah. Like for me, life is about choices and experiences mm-hmm. and a cycle of that choices and experiences. There is no right or wrong in this thing. There is no, oh, I, I messed up and oh my gosh, the world is about to, there is no <laughs> such thing as that. We have choices to make and we're going to experience things based off of those choices. Now, granted, like, if we make choices that we feel is going to alter our journey, now it's up to us if we're going to still get there or not. Like, what the hell? And I don't sometimes, and I make cuss a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to cuss so much in this interview. But (laughs) my logic is, like, what, sometimes, what are people thinking when they have messed up and made a mistake? Like, why is the option quitting or it's just not going to happen? Like it, I don't, I don't really know how to technically process that because I know that the end result will be seeing what I'm, where I'm, where I'm at. And if I'm already um, unhappy where I'm at, why would I keep myself there? That's just logically how I process. So life is about experiences and choices. So if you find yourself in a situation where, you know, it's not the greatest situation, you messed up. Let's take accountability in the thing. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't the devil, you know, somebody didn't tempt you. Sometimes we just make wrong decisions <laughs> like own up to those decisions and let's make some choices here what is this, the, the the resolve like what are we going to do now what is the next goal and the next step and then we just move forward and then there will be more choices to make and there'll be more experiences you know so it's just that's just life it is and that's just motivation to any like mom or single mom out there like don't give up don't worry about what people are going to say because people are always mm-hmm. going to 
always. Always talking in their own situations is sometimes even worse. Or they got some other stuff going on, which is why when it comes to social media, and I know I'm probably going to get off base, what is the point of debating with strangers about your opinion? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it just doesn't matter. Like, we are who we are, and it just is what it is, and how we process and think. Like, I mean, that's just life. Agree to disagree, but I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. Agree to disagree and move on from it. Like, we don't have to dwell, right. in, that, dwell in the argument. Like, people, like, strangers' opinion, excuse me? Like, do you pay my bill? Do you, are you the reason to why I'm surviving? If not, then why do I care? I don't care about what you think. Right. If it doesn't affect your pay, don't let it affect your day. That's kind of what I like. Okay. I like, I like that. I like that a lot. Yes. I'm going to keep that. <laughs> yes. So what, what is one thing that you say motivated you? Because you became an author. How old were you when you became an author? I was 20 when I became a author, um, and I was 21 when I started my publishing company. Um, how was that for me? It was like a dream. It really was a dream come true. Like, honestly, if you had like a dream and imagine it being right there in front of you, like this is something I just always dreamed about. Like, I just really thought that it was something that was just a far reach. And I, and I actually was the one that did it. I think when that happened, that changed my whole entire makeup. Because for mm-hmm. me, if I just do it, then I, I can have it. If I just say that I want it and really just go after what I want, I can have it. Like that really is, that, for me, that's what life really is about. And if, if I don't have it, it's because the work ethic or it's just the timing. But it doesn't mean it's not possible. And whatever that level may look like, my what I want may not match what you want. So having that experience, was a dream come true. It was one of the greatest experiences I've, I've ever experienced. And I would want that feeling for every single person, even my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing feeling. Oh, wow. So can you kind of take us on that journey? Like when did, how long did it take you to write the book? Um, did you have any obstacles or things like that? Well, when I wrote the book, I wrote the book three weeks after my mother passed. It was like my therapy. I needed to escape my world because I couldn't control my world. So I went back to what I used to know, which was creating my own world that I could control. Mm. And the story, which is called The Open No-No, I created this character that was falling in and out of love, playing games and stuff, just creating their own drama. Something that distracted straight. I was having a good old time. <laughs> but I was just writing just, just to escape. And at that time, I was, uh, then I became pregnant with my son. And I just, you know, I was just going with the motions of life. No one ever told me that, hey, if you want to do something, go discover how to do it and do it. Like, I just used to just dream about it. And then um, when I just, uh, when my husband at the time went off to war, I was bored. You know, <laughs> I needed something to do to occupy my time. So I started this online book club called AANBC, which stands for African Americans on a Move Book Club. I was 20 years old. And through that, um, I started talking about books that I love, like Terry McMillan, who was my idol at the time, Eric Jerome Dickey, uh, LaJill Hunt, um, Darian Lees, um, Elin Harris, Mary Morton, Marin Rowe, all these writers. I used to love to read these books. I would just talk about them. And because I'm living on a base and um, I'm having nothing to do, my family is hours and miles away, I'm on a computer hours at a time. Mm-hmm. Like just talking to folks, building up this rapport and communicating. I'm discovering the art of self-publishing. Like I'm finding, discovering hundreds of writers that I never knew existed. I'm wondering, how have I never heard of you? But 
there's way more books than I ever thought about. And I, that excited me. So I started talking about those people's books. Then I started asking them, well, how did you get your book out? Like, who published you? Because you, you were nobody. Like, that was just how I process. Like, I'm, I'm on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. So I'm a nobody too. So how I get my book out? Like, let me know. <laughs> so they told me they self-published. I didn't even know what that meant or what that, what that was. And so I went to go search. And I was like, wait a minute. This means I could do it myself. Like, I can really do this myself. Mm-hmm. So I went and Googled some more, searched the steps did it and I think I had a, a book in my hand in a matter of months and I was on the road like on a plane literally like flying for the very first time in my life to talk about my book a month before it even came out I was that excited oh wow so I was like I'm an author now so I'm about to go do it like if I'm gonna do it I'm gonna really do it and I did it <laughs> so was it hard like really getting your book out there or did you have like a strategic market plan or did you use most like social media or word of mouth I definitely use social media but um I've, I've always sold best in person or I've always liked the in-person um approach mm-hmm. but when it came to even marketing the book I just knew that I, I wanted people to know that it was there now I'm extremely introverted. I talk about this on my podcast, which is called Traces of Mika. Mm-hmm. I talk about how I'm the girl that sat in the bathroom at lunch because I just didn't know how to walk up to other people and just spark up conversations. I'm just that awkwardly, just socially awkward. And that was, I knew that wasn't going to work. Logically, I just knew that wasn't going to work when this book came out. Don't nobody know me. So I had <laughs> to get out. And physically tell people to buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. This book is good. And the, the cover was ugly. It was ugly as hell. Like it was, it was very Afrocentric. It didn't even go with the storyline. But I was excited about this book until I got to the East Coast trying to, you know, hit up the, the Black-owned bookstores and the, the street vendors. So I was extremely aggressive with this. And I met someone. She owned a, a chain of uh, independent bookstores. Her name is Laquita. She had a bookstore called The Book Joint. So my book cover was ugly. And she wouldn't even, she wouldn't even purchase the book and bring the book into her store until she read it. And when she read it, it was bomb for her, but the cover was ugly. I said, I bet. I went and changed it. That was, that was just me. Okay, cool. I'm going to make it better. I just, nothing for me was like, no, stop. You can't do it. You're not good enough. I, was, I always just thought about, okay, what can I do to make it work? What where else can I go where people don't know about my book? What else can I do? Like that one was like, what else? Like what what are the steps and things I need to do? So when it comes to people wanting to pursue a dream to any capacity, anything that you ever want to do, discover the steps and then take your time and do them. Like it doesn't happen overnight. And granted, it may even take investing financially, but it definitely takes investing mentally, spiritually, and in your time. More than just money, those things are way more important to me. Because if you can do this, if you can master the art of mentally staying focused and staying um, driven and holding yourself accountable for what the, what the ultimate goal is, the, when the money comes, then it will be all the more worth it. I want to encourage anyone to be investing and anything that they have asked, given their attention to. Exactly. Because then they're not completely um, devoted to it or it's not the um, the risk. Like, if this is not the risk that's going to alter and change your life and ultimately make you happy, I wouldn't even encourage you to invest your money and just keep doing your nine to five and make <laughs> the money for them. 
Simple. So I like how you say you never took no for an answer. Like if you got a no, you would always kind of try to see what you could do to change it, to turn that no into a yes. And yep. I love that. I really do love that. And so these 16 novels that you've written, which one would you say is your favorite? They're all my favorite for many, many, many reasons, reasons, but the one that is closest to me is the book called The Words I Didn't Say. Um, it, it was one of the first stories I created after I really experienced love in a few different ways. Like each time as I got older, because I'm not the one that really kind of likes titles or like to be somebody's girlfriend. I like to experience people and kind of just be, you know, in, in, engulfed in them for that moment or for that mm -hmm. whatever the however long it's going to last i'm <laughs> i'm consumed in them now whatever that it's titled i don't really care that's not that's not what's most important and so by the time i began to create this story i had experienced love with a few different relationships and each love was a different type of love it was either a great felt friendship it was mental stimulation it was a physical connection it was mm -hmm. more of a family connection like it was so many different ways i discovered what love was or how even to express love and when i began to go into this story it was when a love that i just experienced more mentally than anything else was ending it was done and we were both too stubborn to say anything mm -hmm. or to speak about anything and i wanted to create our uh, I guess to pick the love story where, you know, life is kind of short. Like, what's the worst that can happen if you kind of just say what you want to say? Let's like, see. either, you know, you kind of live with wondering or you kind of just take that risk. So, and, and granted, I'm still trying to live out that, you know, what I'm practicing or what I'm preaching. I'm trying to practice it. But <laughs> for me, as I get older, now you kind of have to be wise on who deserves that risk. Like, you don't even want to be risking it with everybody. Like, you got to be, take your time and know people. So, but the word I didn't say, <laughs> to answer your question, that is, that is a book I will, that is the closest to me and for that reason. I love that. And I like how you said how you experience different levels of love and things like that. Yeah. So, um, do you feel like relationships at one point may have been a distraction to you? Did that ever distract you from your goals or your purpose? Um, definitely. When I, when I begin to consider someone else, because I've, I've dated freely a lot in my adult life, but I've never, I've only committed myself to two people and that really didn't last too long. <laughs> um, but when I was, when I considered someone in my choices and wanted to, you know, make them a part of, you know, my world and my choices, it was somewhat a distraction because it wasn't just me. Like it's partnership is about sacrificing. And because it was my, my real first attempt at that and at a really late age at that, because we're talking about like 27, 28, when I really started wanting to do this for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um... I didn't know how to really split my attention between I'm learning it as I go and I'm 
so it was just a learning experience. And yes, it was a distraction because I'm having to use time that I'm thinking about somebody else's feelings. Mm -hmm. I could have been thinking about work or something (laughs) or thinking about making some money. But no, we got to talk about this and we got to work this out and we got all this extra shit. Oh my God. Like, uh, like stay focused. <laughs> like I, I just want my. Like, can we just enjoy each other? Like, can we just talk it out and then not be? Come on, let's be friends. At the end of the day, I think when you really learn to fall in love with your friends, it should be fun. You should be able to have these resolutions when you have these arguments or these disagreements and move forward. No one to give each other each other or you you know each other the space that is needed. You know, mm-hmm. respect that space. And, you know, have lives outside of each other, along with each other. Like, just be an individual with somebody. Yeah. People don't know how to do that. They really don't. And, like, oh, I've experienced that firsthand, girl. That's a topic for another day. <laughs> it really is. I, I could talk about love and how we do it wrong. Even I still, to this day, I'm still learning. I'm not, mm-hmm. I, on my podcast, I say I'm a self-proclaimed relationship expert. Now, I'm... I'm don't don't sit here and say that my word is bond. You know, you know, go by like it's the Bible and stuff. Because my logic is not a lot of other people's logic. So, but I like to think that you know I just dated my and stuff my love. And so that's a whole other conversation. It really is. We'll have to bring you back for like a relationship episode because we can really okay, cool. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you say really motivates you? What motivates me is. Happiness. I, I and, and let me explain because people are like happiness. What do you mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> I I struggle with mental illness. Like I battle depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And as I've gotten older and experienced, um, you know, a lot of different shit where your emotions kind of go up and down. It, it, my soul in the way that I communicate is totally different now. So when it comes to the things that I I guess it will make me feel happy and at peace. That really is what keeps me going. Like it has to bring me some type of happiness. It has to, I have to feel like I'm growing from this or I'm gaining something from this. that's going to keep me growing to the next level. I don't want to feel stuck. Um, I don't want to feel lost. Um, I have to feel like I'm, I'm growing and that's with the people that I talk to. That's with the people that I date. That's even with my children as we continue to learn and grow each other. That's what it, with the work that I do. If I'm not growing, if I'm not expanding like that, I'm not, I don't want to do it. With that comes, you know, finance, you know, money, revenue. With mm-hmm. that comes great friendships, great loves and things like that. When you really are honest with yourself and choose yourself and really genuinely just be happy and okay within that. I think we do a lot of, you know, not doing what fully makes us happy, just considering too many other people. And now we're walking around not completely happy, so we're not able to be happy people with the people that are around us because we're not all the way good. I think it kind of has to start with us first. Totally. And obviously with every relationship that we have, there's compromising here and there. But at the end of the day, if it don't make you happy, nah, I don't want to do it. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Because I've kind of been there too. When I was pregnant with my son, I was going through a divorce from my husband. And, okay. Mm. Right, girl. 
<laughs> but, um, you know, it, that really took a toll on me. And I, too, suffer from um, depression and anxiety and things like that. But I will say, like, that time of my life, I really found myself and really found what makes me happy and really got motivated. I actually wrote a book. I haven't published it yet. But I wrote that book in nine days. Um, and it's kind of about what I was going through and things like that. So that's kind of one thing that really pushed me. And like you said, that happiness, it motivated me too because I found joy in actually writing and just being able to write myself on paper and things like that. So what would you say to someone that's kind of struggling with finding their purpose? Um, This, to be honest, there's no magic answer to this and there's no quick way to even find it. (laughs) <laughs> the logical response is if what you're doing right now don't make you happy mm-hmm. okay we can start there <laughs> like this is common sense come on people let's process this <laughs> then I would suggest writing down some hobbies because these are things that typically make us happy how does we how can we incorporate this into our life somehow and then how can I make money from it this is a time where people are making money doing the dumbest shit. Like, there's really no excuse <laughs> anymore. I don't want to hear it. You ain't even got to go back to school no more. You ain't got to learn no trade. You, you can just go online and look like you're doing something. Right. Just like, funny and weird. Right. Just, like, just look like you're doing something. And, like, people, <laughs> honestly, like, there are so many people that just, you know, just do that, and they're able to profit from it. So, but just start with the fact that you're doing something that's not making you happy. Uh, duh, that's <laughs> the first step. That and is- then, like, let's logically create your exit strategy, your exit plan, like your real, true exit plan, mm. not a, a plan to transit. Like, what's your exit? Like now, you like this will make you happy. You want to leave? That like this is what you already know. What you got to do to make that work? and make a realistic plan. I think people don't have the patience for that and they don't have a discipline. Like when you make the plan, obviously you need to stick to it, duh, for it to work. <laughs> like people be like, there's no magic to this. Like a lot of people go to this, these empowerment women events. And this past summer, actually I had a tweet uh, go viral that said, women stop hosting these empowerment events when you're a mean girl in real life. Like, there really is no hidden agenda to how to be successful or how to reach your goals. You don't have to spend hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars to hear women tell you how they made it. What that's supposed to do for you? Exactly. Like, logically, let's process this shit. Like, let's start with the logic and the basics of what you need to change right now. Mm-hmm. And then c- create those steps and have the discipline to complete them. You will get up to go to work every day for somebody else. Sure will. So why you can't do this for you? So that's my response for that. That's just logic. Yeah, and I want people to stop. Like, it's okay to go to women empowerment events. I'm all for for the encouragement and motivation. But don't go in there thinking when you leave, you're just going to, okay, I know exactly what to do to make this. Exactly. Because that's not going to happen. They're going to tell you the basics. They're going to encourage you. But as far as like a step-by-step, you really have to get out there and put in that groundwork. And um, I like how you said, like you travel, you really got your book out there and things like that. So 
Um, at what point did you stop working like your full-time job? I know you said you were working full-time, being a mom and things like that. At what, what point did it get to where like, okay, I don't really need this anymore. Did you kind of plan that out or did it just kind of happen? Nah, um, unfortunately, and I say this now that I'm older because I don't know how I did it step (laughs) by step, but the success I had in my early years is by accident. I didn't intentionally do anything. I didn't intentionally try to gain any type of notoriety or anything like that. So when my company started grossing six figures, I I just decided just to quit. I quit school and I quit um, working all in the same month. And I was living in San Antonio at this time. I want to say it was 25, 26. and I just said, okay, now I'm going to transition. It's time to move. It's time to make a move. with some other things going on in my personal life. I'm like, this is the time to make a move. And I I made a, a huge transition. I've always kind of been a risk taker. And I hadn't been able to move around in maybe like seven or eight years when my children was young. You know, I was in a marriage. And I had to consider that, you know. And I wanted them, my children to be close to home. And when I had the opportunity to move around, I didn't think about it. It's kind of like when I just said, when I realized I don't want to be here no more, I <laughs> set my plan. <laughs> and I think I was gone within six months. And I came to Atlanta. And I've been in Atlanta ever since. And now I'm about to make another huge transition. Can't wait for that one. Oh, wow. That's so exciting. And I think a lot of times we don't actually make plans. We get in our head like, okay, I want to move. I want to start this business, write this book. But it's just a thought in our heads and we don't actually act on it. So I'm glad you said that we need to make an exit plan and actually really discipline ourselves. So Mm -hmm. uh, what would you say today, like from when you started writing up until now, what, what was your biggest setback that you've had to deal with? Um, my biggest setback was I'm adding other people to my journey. Like I split my focus. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, we hear this a lot. And this is probably a, an unpopular opinion amongst black people. But we hear this a lot with, you know, successful black people. And they feel like they're obligated to reach back to their communities or to other black people who ain't doing much of anything <laughs> and help save them and bring them to the other side. Mm-hmm. For me, um, I, I, as I got older, I got caught up in the servicing part of what was a big part of my makeup. I like to service and I like to create these platforms, like the book club that I created, the award show that I created, um, the, the tour groups and the, the literary events that I put on. I do that because I want people to be excited about books and to gather and to have fun and drink and dance all because they love books. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I'm, my vision behind it was to make books cool. Like we are rock stars too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the biggest hiccup. And I think that, I think it's great to reach back and provide some type of service or some type of unity or be a great leader for other you know other people in our community or, or just other black people i think that's great but there's a time for it and i feel like mine's was premature i think that before you go um adding on obligations of other people and mine's was publishing like i had a great successful publishing career but when i realized that a lot of artists i was bringing on wasn't 
helping my, my company grow, that's when I realized I was doing, it wasn't the best decision in mm-hmm. that sense um, for, for my growth and where, where, where I'm trying to go. So my advice is for people, if there's an ultimate, there's a place, a position you're trying to get to, get there first. It's kind of like how Harriet Tubman, like she got the freedom first and then she came back and started getting people. Right. She wasn't trying to get the freedom on, and take people with her on the way. Exactly. <laughs> no. She got that first. She let, she understood the route. She, you know, she got, you know, her teens together, her, her passports, whatever the case may be. And then she started getting other people and started bringing other people to freedom. But it was after she was good at it first. It was after she fulfilled what she needed to do for herself first. And I would encourage other people to do that. Don't get so caught up in feeling obligated to reach back when it's not time yet. Keep focusing on you. Like, be selfish a little bit. Oh, I like that. Focus on you. Focus on your goals and hit those goals before you try to contribute to someone else's. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you as an entrepreneur, I always try to get into like people's daily and morning routines. <laughs> so do you have like a okay. morning or daily routine where it's like waking up, meditating, working out? What What's like a daily routine for you like on an average day? Um, I actually I need to add the working out back into my daily regimen. But I get up. Um, the first thing I do is brush my teeth, power up my laptop. While that's powering up, I start my coffee. Um, make my coffee, go sit in front of my laptop, look at my task list. Uh, oh, you know what? Let me back up. Before I brush my teeth, I check social media. I'm like everybody else, and that's about the longest. <laughs> right, that's about the longest time that I actually spend on social media. It's about like um, 45 minutes or so in bed because I, you know, I'm, I don't like mornings, so I'll lay around a little lazily and be on social media <laughs> and do what I need to do, look and see what's trending. And then I get up, brush my teeth, make some coffee, get it from my laptop, and that's where I'm at. Um, either I'm doing my conference calls, I'm doing my training, um, depending on if I have uh, my weekly class that day, if I have a meeting in the city, if I have a social event, I, I have a strict calendar. <laughs> like, I'm looking at my calendar. My calendar's going off all day throughout the the whole entire day, whether it's business, a phone call, personal, whatever. It's on my calendar. Okay, so you really kind of keep a calendar to keep you track, keep you on track from day to day and keep up with everything that yes. you're doing. I love yes. it. I kind of want to talk about your upcoming book. You do have an upcoming book coming out, right? Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that and when it's coming out and just something fun? Yes. So my my next romance is called Sugar Hill. It comes out next month. And spell that um, for us because I want them to, you know, be able to find that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Sugar without the R. So S-U-G-A and Hill. Right. It has a um, good to it. <laughs> Yeah, and I call it a love Jones story because it's it's based around two creatives. This this woman, her name is Danny, and suddenly she's thrown into this um this experience with this guy who just came out of nowhere. Like she's in this loveless uh relationship, but she's also at this point where her career is about to take a, a turn for the for the better. Like all of her her dreams and her hard work is coming true. But the person that she's supposed to be in love with is supposed to be standing right there by her side, but he's not there. And in comes this stranger who's, you know, kind of giving her and showing her 
ever, almost everything she's been missing and something in her is is coming back alive and but should she really trust this new feeling because now she's kind of like where she needs to be like she's finally getting to a place where her dreams and her goals is actually the hard work is paying off oh but with this new love and this new flame what is, how is she supposed to you know choose between that and so i with with this love story i wanted to just show how not only can women we get in our own way but we can definitely not realize how um damaged we can be mm. when it comes to processing how we're communicating with these new experiences because we we going off the past experience and and i'm not i'm not calling them relationships because relationships are experiences when we kind of look at that like how do we ultimately feel when we think about connecting with someone new are we excited about it are we fearful of it are we shutting it down? Are we open mm-hmm. to it? Like, how are we really approaching that? Because that energy is also being projected to whomever is having interest in you. And also, my character, she's choosing. Mm-hmm. Just because someone wants to be with her and is giving her, you know, these feelings, like, she's also thinking that she's considering herself. And I think um, in real life, women are sitting around waiting to be chosen or waiting for somebody to say, hey, I choose you. Excuse mm-hmm. me? I am the one should be should be saying no. I'm gonna choose. You can be with me, sir. I'm the like, Let's flip this around. Like, cause I'm a benefit to you, sir. Hello. So, with Sugar Hill, like, I'm really excited about this love story. Um, because I'm I'm my my way of feeling is changing and evolving in the way that I tell my characters and how I'm I'm developing my characters. And then Sugar Hill is also going to be a short film that's, that will be coming out next year. And I'm oh, excited wow. about that, too, and just stepping into that. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, promoting my podcast, my original podcast series. So I'm working on those projects. And, yeah, it's a lot going on. You are, you are such an inspiration. And I love the fact that you are a mom because some people don't get it. Like, being a mom is a full-time job in itself. Like, it really, especially when your kids are little. I know yours are kind of grown, so you kind of, like, they do their own thing and go off. But, like, when they're younger, it's a full-time job. So how did you really find that balance um, when your kids were younger? I started taking my son on the road with me when he was about four, and my daughter was nine. Uh, But more so him, because he loved it. He just, he couldn't wait. Like, he was about three years old when he, he was tired of seeing me leave the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to always tell him, Hey, I got to go on the road. I'm going to get you some Burger King money. But I promise you when you old enough, I'm going to take you on the road with me. And granted me like a year later, I had him on the road with me. And I, I taught him how to, you know, sell the books, hold the books, walk up to the people, talk to them. He was a pure genius at that. Like mm-hmm. people in the industry now still ask about my son who haven't even seen my son in years, but he leaves a great impression. So to sum it up, any woman who is either married or single if you have children who are young, have them be involved. Oh, yeah. Involve them in the process. Make it fun for them. And, you know, if you have, and it is also about your parenting, too. Mm-hmm. Because some people may say, well, my, my child, they won't be quiet or they won't be still. It's about your parenting as well. It's also how you, you manage, micromanage your children and how True. your children respect respect you how they respect you know being in public like we got to go sometimes go back to the old school way of raising our children to the point where the dad authority and that fear is there 
and your children know how to behave in public. So it's, you know, you know, train your children to be a part of your journey with you. Make it a family thing. Bring Bay along. Bring Hubby along. Like any person, any time I was in a relationship, I made them a part of the process, taking them on a road with me because I knew that I was it was going to have me gone physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. And so that's not even what parenting. That's with your relationships too. Find a way to make them involved in it. If you're, uh, for instance, if you're a writer, you know, read some of the, the passages or the past chapters you wrote with Bay. Like. Get their pen on and make it funny, you know, with them. Like, hey, what you think about this thing? Like, make it fun for them. Right. You know, get their feedback. Make it feel like they contributed to it, too. And they start joking and saying, I want to be, a, I'm a co-author now. Like, make it fun with them. <laughs> so, I like it's that. all about just, you know, just involving, involving the people around you. Just, just involve them. That's all. Yeah. And you mentioned, like, your son really made uh, that impression on people. And I love that aspect because I feel like sometimes people will buy into you more than they would like a product that you're selling um, because you've made that impression on people and things like that. Yep. So I love it. That's true. You are so wonderful and such an inspiration. How can our listeners find you like on social media, your website? Yes. So... Oh, yeah, my podcast is called Traces of Mika, and that's Mika with an I, M-I-K-A. Um, and then Instagram, Twitter is my name, Tamika Newhouse, that's T-A-M-I-K-A, and Newhouse is like I bought a new house. <laughs> um, Facebook is Boss Lady Tamika or Tamika Newhouse. My website is TamikaNewhouse.com. Um, and definitely if you go to, to TamikaNewhouse.com and click on podcast, you'll be able to see... Um, show notes like you can go inside of every episode of traces amica and get the behind the the, the, the scenes of the stories and the backstories to what each conversation is about it's my most vulnerable project that i've ever created um where i'm i'm talking about you know my mental illness my past flames my my success as a publisher my journey as an author my parenting like any everything you could think of um, I talk about on this podcast, and I bring on people who have either influenced my life, mm-hmm. um, close friends, my children. So it's it's a it's a pretty cool experience, and it's it's a series. So you got to play it from episode one on through. Most definitely, we all will check you out. And her new book, Sugar Hill, she is doing a giveaway. And we're going to announce it on our social media. So tell our audience what they're going to be able to win with this giveaway. Yes. So we're going to be asking you to tell us about your love story. Like I love to, um, to see when love is being expressed, even if you're not currently in love, talk about your, the greatest love you ever experienced. Don't reflect on what you did wrong, what they did wrong. Reflect on the things that you enjoyed about it. Pull up a particular memory or a moment when you were most vulnerable because I want you to really reflect on that and kind of, you know, pat yourself on the back. You did that. Like you love someone or you are loving someone. You was vulnerable enough to even go there. You have experienced love. And so I want to talk about that and express some of those stories and share that also. In the, and we're, we'll have, um, I guess, like a public vote on these stories and the greatest love story. They will win a copy of Sugar Hill and also one of my t-shirts from my t-shirt line. Ooh, I love it. 
So definitely be on the lookout for that. We will put all of this information in the notes and you can just go to our website and we'll give you more information on that as well. So is there anything else you want to say to our listeners? Just give us like a little, a little word of encouragement. Um, my word of encouragement is genuinely, honestly, if you find yourself not completely happy, change it. Hmm. And don't think about how long it's going to take for you to get to happy. Just do the work and just take it day by day. You'll get there. I promise you, you'll get there. You just take it day by day. And that's it. Wonderful. 